0: listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning. This is the Surveyor's Hour on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Lucas. I'm a land surveyor and attorney at law. We'll spend the next hour talking about land surveying and land surveyors. Uh, as always, your questions and comments are welcome. You can send them to Jeff at AmericasWebRadio.com. You can find out more about me uh, at my personal website, www.lucasandcompany.com. Uh, go to our website, check out our resources. We have some, uh, check out our resources tab. We had some free downloads, uh, information there you might be interested in. Okay, uh, welcome to the show. Sorry sorry I wasn't here last week, um, but uh, that was, was uh, unavoidable. But uh, anyway, we're back here this week and... Uh, over the weekend, especially getting here close to the end of the year, uh, I've uh, been thinking a lot about this show and uh, where, uh, where I want to go with it. But really, uh, uh, I really want to know where you, uh, the listeners, uh, want to go with this program. So um, uh, I am asking for your... Uh, input uh, asking for what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Uh, I don't hear too too often from uh, landowners if there's landowners out there who have uh, concerns about uh, surveying or surveying activity. Um, I, I get some uh, emails uh, occasionally from my P.O.B. articles about that from from landowners who are searching for information about. Uh, just what it is that uh, these surveyors are out there doing. Um, So anyway, uh, I want to hear from you. I want to know. I I certainly think that we need to get more guests here on the program, and uh, it's just been, for me, a little bit difficult here lately, Uh, you know, just getting uh, not getting out like you usually do and making contact with people. I I don't know about you. I'm a little bit... uh, uh, I'm a little bit single-minded when I when I'm in the office and uh, working on something uh, like a map or working on uh, my newsletter or working on a column. I mean, I'm, I'm single-minded about the thing, and it's it's very uh, it's very difficult to uh, think about uh, think about other things. At least for me, to think about other things and take time out to uh, to make phone calls and. Uh, check in with people. So that's, that's kind of been what's uh, holding holding me up on uh, getting guests on the program. So I'm looking for any uh, suggestions on that as well. Uh, I think the program goes better with guests. And uh, instead of me just going over uh, some material that uh, I think is uh, could be interesting to you. So I want to hear from you. I want to know what you want to do. Uh, on this, uh, what you want me to do on this program and uh, what direction uh, you'd like to see this program head in, Uh, whether it be more guests or uh, if you like what uh, we're doing so far with uh, going over um, issues uh, concerning surveying and and surveyors. So let me know. Um, Also, in in that vein, um, I probably should have been saying something like this all along with this program, um, some sort of disclaimer, uh, I, I am not your attorney, uh, I am, a, uh, I am a, an attorney, uh, a member of the uh, Alabama Bar, so I, could, I can't practice law out anywhere outside the state of Alabama anyway, even if I wanted to be your attorney, but I'm not your attorney, and this program isn't about legal advice. This program, uh, like most of my other programs, all of my other programs that I do, uh, either virtual these days or uh, live in person, uh, my my role here is to bring information to you uh, that you might want to use uh, in your own practice. Uh, my focus, my uh, target audience is generally uh, land surveyors. Um, Civil engineers, uh, others like that. Uh, I generally do not. Uh, real estate people. Uh, I generally do not uh, do not present my programs uh, to to landowners. But uh, I know landowners are interested in surveying activity usually because they've been uh, they've they've felt some ill effects from land surveying activity. If they were happy. If the if the landowners were happy, they wouldn't be reaching out to find out more information about surveyors. It's only when they are unhappy uh, with the results of surveying activity that they they start uh, reaching out uh, to other sources to find out just what exactly it is that these surveyors uh, are supposed to be doing and, and why they're doing or why they're doing what they what they're doing or why they did what they did. Um. And, and we've talked about this on, on many occasions. Uh, it, it, when, the, when the surveyor goes out there, there's generally a status quo, um, at least in my experience, 40 years in the surveying business, uh, 40 years plus now, unfortunately. But anyway, there we are, uh, 40 years plus uh, in the surveying uh, business, uh, doing field and office work. Uh, generally, when I go to the field, there is... Uh, Ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of the time, there's a status quo. Um, there's a status quo. There's there's occupied lines. Everybody's happy. There's monumentation in the ground. Sometimes not. Sometimes you go out there. On rare occasions, you go out there because there's a problem. Because there's uh, uh, because there's unrest. Because um, somebody's having a, a an issue. With where some property corners are, but or they just don't know where they are. Uh, so, um, but generally, there's a status quo, and uh, it's when the status quo uh, is upset uh, that uh, we lead that leads to problems. Um, and and in in my view or in my experience, uh, especially these last uh, two or three two decades of uh, studying. Uh, boundary law and and reading and writing about um, boundary dispute cases um, the, the most common uh, the, the most common element in a boundary dispute is a surveyor who came in and upset the apple cart uh, who uh, upset the status quo and and that's when things start to happen that's when people start to get excited that's when um, that it, it's the, the difference between uh, we've discussed this before. Difference between um, a boundary dispute case and a personal injury case are are that in a in a personal injury case, number one, there's there's money uh, to uh, drive the litigation, uh, and someone's hurt, and uh, there will be there will be a payout, and uh, usually because there's insurance money involved, so everybody gets paid. In a boundary dispute case, uh, it's not the same. Uh, there is no insurance money to pay for the litigation. Um, people will be paying out of their own pocket. But the the principles, the principles run very, very, very high. You know, in a personal injury case, yeah, you're injured. Yeah, um, you want uh, if you're the injured party, uh, you want to be compensated for uh, your your injury. But in a boundary dispute case, it's it. it I don't want to say it's more personal, but it, it's it's very personal. And, and the the principles uh, the, the principle is um, I I know what I own, and and now someone's come in and said that I don't own that anymore, and they want that they the, the most common refrain is I only want what's mine. I only want what's mine. That's all I want. Most landowners, in my experience, are are honest people, and they only want what's theirs. Um, and so, when a, a surveyor comes along and upsets the apple cart, upsets the status quo, tells them that they, in essence, tells them that they need to move their fences that have been there for fifty years. Um, you know, the principles run very, very high. But the problem is, uh, there, there's no money in the war chest to. Uh, to sue the surveyor who came in and started the problem. That doesn't mean that surveyors don't get sued, they do. But um, but by and large, uh, most landowners don't have a spare uh, $50,000 to $100,000 hanging around that they can spend on suing a surveyor. So the litigation usually focuses on the adjoining landowner who is seen as the, 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 the bad guy who's coming in and trying to uh, take uh, take their land take what belongs to them and uh, our, our our latest um, newsletter is um, is just on that issue um, a, a fence had been in existence for over 60 years it was the common boundary line between between two old farms the old farms were sold off eventually back in the 19. 19- 60s, 70s, and 80s, and subdivisions were created out of the old farms. But the fence, the 60-year-old fence that had been in place since uh, 1937, had never moved. Had never moved. Um, And one of the cases, Jackson versus Bowness, B-O-W-N-A-S, Jackson versus And so Mrs. Jackson had developed one of those subdivisions out of the old farm and had lived on that property for since the 1970s. And that fence had always been been that boundary line. And then uh, some surveyor came along. This was a 2005 case. Some surveyor came along in 2002. And uh, now all of a sudden, that line is within 11 inches, and she. She d- developed a, a small portion of the farm as a as a little subdivision, and she ended up building a house on on lot five, which bordered the fence, and had lived there since you know for 20, 30 years, and all of a sudden in 2002, a surveyor came along, and now uh, instead of the fence, the old 60 year old fence being the boundary line. Uh, the surveyor staked out the line within 11 inches of her back door. Within 11 inches of her back door. And then, of course, uh, litigation ensued. And an interesting part about that case is uh, a lot of times there isn't uh, there isn't a lot you can do about damages, um, uh, negligence. Damages for negligence are... Um, are designed to put the uh, plaintiff back in the position the plaintiff would have been in if the plaintiff, uh, if the defendant surveyor had not showed up or, or whoever the defendant is. In this case, uh, the judge, the trial court judge, uh, awarded damages in trespass for, because Ballance came in and after the after the surveyor showed him where his property line is. Of course, he thinks that's what he owns, so he built the fence within 11 inches of Mrs. Jackson's back door. And the damages in that case were kind of unique and pretty stiff, actually. Um, the judge, the trial court judge awarded Mrs. Jackson uh, $100 a day for the continuing trespass, and the fence, the trespass by Bowness, had been there for 680 days. That was $68,000. And damages that was that's pretty substantial. Uh, David's looking at me. We're gonna do a break now, okay? All right, well, folks, um, this is the Surveyors Hour on America's Web Radio, and we will be back after this message.
1: And we want to remind everybody this is a good time to order those quick stakes because you can take them off in 2020 and have them ready for 2021, and uh, that would make sense. Go to quickstakes.com. That's Q-U-I-K, steak, S-T-A-K-E dot com. And, uh, order yours or call 1-800-438-0387 and do it today. Also want to remind everybody that, um, We've got Remembering Desert Storm and Desert Shield today at 1 o'clock on America's Web Radio. And we want to thank everybody that is beginning to participate in our surveyors. Surveyors, I'm sorry. Ah, it's been a, it's been a long morning already. Not survey. Well, surveyors can do it too. But if, if you're a veteran, we have started a program called Veterans Praying for Veterans. And, uh, there are so many veterans that need prayer, whether it's physical or mental. And this is all because of my friend that died from Agent Orange. And you can go to our website and just click on Prayers for Veterans, and sign up. And uh, if you're a veteran or you know of a veteran that's in need of prayer, Please let us know, and we'll be mentioning their names. We'll be mentioning names today of veterans that need prayer that have either their friends or they have sent in requests. And uh we'll be doing that during Remembering Desert Storm and Desert Shield from 1 to 2 o'clock this afternoon. And we appreciate your support in the programs that we do. And we do do unique programs like the Land Surveyor Hour. And Jeff does a a fantastic job on it, and we appreciate everything that he does, and we appreciate all of our friends that have been generous in uh, supporting us and keeping us on the air, and hope you'll join us as a patron and get a newsletter and what we're doing and what's going on. We've got a real surprise coming up. Very shortly, does the uh, name Lee Greenwood mean anything to anybody? Well, we'll see shortly. So, with that, we'll be back right after this with Jeff.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, welcome back to the Surveyor's Hour on America's Web Radio. Uh, I'm Jeff Lucas, your host. All right, so um, before the break or in the first segment, I was talking about uh, the direction uh, that I want to take the show in and actually I want to hear from you on what direction we should take it in. What I thought we would do here with these last couple of episodes before the end of the year uh it's a busy time of year. I'm not going to try to get any guests on for the next uh, uh through the end of the year. So what I what I thought I would do is um uh, well f- first of all I don't like uh focusing on the negative. I do like focusing on uh, positive issues and unfortunately, you got to talk about some negative issues before you can talk about positive issues. So to sort of wrap this year up, I thought what I would do is um, which is kind of piggybacks on uh, on the last um, uh, on the last subject we were talking about better business practices in the law. Um, we're we're going to go through at least for this episode uh, and at least for the next one. It might go three episodes. I don't know. Um, but we're going to look at, through my program, a new practice model. And uh, this, is, this is actually set up in three sort of stages. The first stage of a new practice model is uh, talking about uh, the current practice model, and some of the problems with the current practice model. When I talk say practice model, I'm talking about uh, what surveyors do, what, what the sort of standard operating procedures are for surveyors, and for the uh, and for the performance of of uh, surveying activity. And of course, our focus here, as always, is on uh, that aspect of surveying that is the most critical. Uh, it's not measurements. It's, um, it's um, the surveyors' interaction with uh, landowners, the land-owning public, and their property rights uh, that uh, are vested in their land. So that's the most important aspect of surveying. Uh, that can't be argued uh, because in this day and age uh, and with the technology that's out there, and uh, the ability to make measurements uh, out in the out in the field, uh, you know, uh, in out in the environment, which was um, really the surveyor's purview for the longest time. We were considered to be expert measurers, uh, dealing with the elements out in the field, uh, the terrain, and we were the only ones who had the surveyors were the only ones who had the, the ability to measure. Land and distances between points on land to any uh, relative degree of accuracy or precision, and but that's all gone. That that's all gone with the advent of GPS uh, back in the, uh, the the 70s, 80s. It really came onto the GPS really came onto the scene uh, in the 80s for land surveyors. And and now uh, to, to to this point in time in 2020, who, who doesn't have GPS? Some kind of GPS ability. All you need is a smartphone, and you and you've got GPS. Uh, the the question would be though, you know, how uh, how precise are the measurements you're getting for driving around town? You just you just need to know what road you're on. Okay, so the precision of the measurements isn't uh, all that critical, but. Um, there, there are there is, uh, there, there is uh, relatively inexpensive equipment right now that allow anyone, you don't need a license, you don't need a surveyor's license, uh, to uh, get some of this measurement equipment, get uh, better GPS equipment, get, get GPS equipment that can get you down uh, to, you know, within a meter or even less than a meter uh, with precision. Uh, and then there's drones who can't buy it who can't uh, who can't go buy a drone and then uh, take take an f a a class and get an f a a certificate to operate that drone and go out uh with um and, and collect spatial data and then sell that data to um to a a willing buyer who can't there's no requirement for a license to do that um a a surveyor's license so really uh it boils down to one issue uh for surveying licensure it boils down to one issue and that is the interaction between the land surveyor and landowners and their property rights uh i've said it many times on this uh, on this show on this program um the surveyor the licensed land surveyor is the only person whatever jurisdiction you're in whatever state you're in is the only person licensed and sanctioned by the state to give a well-reasoned opinion on the only question that the surveyor has the only question for the surveyor and the only reason for licensure is where the where question Where is the property located on the ground? Now, you can get that question answered in court, too, but the problem with getting it answered in court is you have to be in litigation. As we've discussed, litigation is expensive, and not everybody can afford it. Therefore, it it is even more incumbent upon the land surveyor to do the job correctly. Because... The vast majority of survey decisions, good or bad, the vast majority of survey decisions, boundary survey decisions, good or bad, go unchallenged. And the reason they go unchallenged is because no one can afford to challenge. The, you know, that's some hyperbole. Obviously, there are people who can't afford to sue. But as I said, they don't. By and large, when there's a boundary dispute case, by and large, there's exceptions to this. But well, I'm going to say the majority, maybe the vast majority of times, there's a boundary dispute case started by a land surveyor. The surveyor never gets sued for various and sundry reasons. There's a limited budget. If there is a budget, there's a limited budget. Generally speaking. And to bring the surveyor in and complicate the whole uh, um, the whole dispute um, can can drive up the cost. Now you got depositions. Now you, you're you know you got to get expert witnesses. So it drives up the cost. The the, the general result of a boundary dispute started by a surveyor is neighbor sues neighbor because they want to get their land back. Somebody wants to get their land back, or somebody wants to to get the land that the surveyor has showed them that they own. That's exactly what happened in Jackson versus Bowness. Actually, Mrs. Jackson sued Bowness after he put the fence in 11 inches uh, outside her back door. She couldn't even get out her back door because the new chain link fence was within 11 inches of the door. She'd lived for 30 years, she lived in that house. Uh, knowing where the boundary line was, and then the surveyor came along and told Boundless he now he owns that property. So Bowness goes out and puts his fence up within eleven inches, and then uh, and then as it goes across her backyard where it had never existed before, he put a big old uh, no trespassing posted a big old no trespassing sign uh, eight feet from her uh, from her sunroom at the back of the house. So. Um, that that's what happens. That's what happens. But uh, anyway, uh, be that as it may, um, um, we're going to go. So this this program's in three parts. There's the what's wrong with the practice of surveying as it is currently practiced, what's wrong with the, uh, the old practice model that we need to jettison. Uh, the next part is going to be uh, some aspects of retracement surveying that you may or may not know kind of set the groundwork for the third part of this program is talking about solutions and hopefully that's where we're going to be um, either next week or the week after and kind of wrap up this year and this program uh, on a positive note okay um, the current practice model here are some of the problems we'll go through each one of these the surveyor is just an expert measure. It's all about measurements and the math. The next problem: uh, the surveyor stakes the client's deed as precisely as possible, uh, turning a blind eye to property rights, and that's what it's all about—property rights. Uh, the, sur- the surveyor ignores, ignores oral evidence, and that is uh, evidence of uh, that the landowners things that the landowners know and have to say about the property boundaries in, 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 uh, in question or that, is, are, that are the subject of the survey the survey is practiced as a belief system and, uh, and through mythology. Uh, we'll, we'll, when we get to that I'll explain what I'm talking about there. The survey can only find problems can't solve any of them. That's a problem that's a problem for the profession. Uh, if if we can't if we can't, if all we can do is find problems, then eventually you become the problem. Leave the problem solving to the real professionals: the attorneys, the judges, real estate professionals, title company, etc. And surveying has been reduced to a commodity, not a professional service. So this first problem of expert measure, and it's all about the measurements and the math. If that's all the surveying profession has, then we, basically we've got nothing moving forward. Uh, as uh, alluded to earlier, uh, who can't be an ex- in this day and age with the technology and uh, that is just so readily available? Uh, who can't be an expert measure? Uh, so the, that is not the, uh, the, the exclusive purview of the surveyor, and if that's all the surveyor has, then basically we have nothing because uh, anybody can become an expert measure. And if all we can do is um, break down sections uh, in the field, then what are we doing uh, that can't be done in a geographic information system and is being done uh, through GIS, uh, if uh, you know what the, the public land survey system is, the perfect model, the perfect model for GIS uh, to do some of the things uh, in paper space that land surveyors do in dirt space. That 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 square, that that section. Um, that, that once you get coordinates on the four corners of that section, then uh, what can't you do? Um, uh, that uh, what what can't you do that the you know, that the surveyor um, uh, can't do as well. So um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I think David's about ready for a break. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break here, and we'll pick up uh, after this.
1: Quick stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden steak. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. And even if you go Army.com and some of the other branches, you can uh, possibly learn a lot about surveying in the Army. Uh, I think the Corps of Engineers has a class, and uh, at least you can get started, and maybe Jeff will give you a job. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) All right, Jeff. Anyway... uh, I want to remind you, give Quick Stakes a call. You got a pen and paper there handy, uh, 1 800 438 and, uh, tell Nate when he answers the phone that, uh, you heard about Quick Stakes on America's Web Radio and the Surveying Hour, and you, you wanted to try out a sample of them. I think once you've tried them, you'll love them. They, uh, they're they easy to carry, easy to ride on, and a lot less hassle than the old wooden stake. So do that. And then a uh, reminder, right after, at 1 o'clock today, we have Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And... Uh, we're going to have some big announcements coming up. So please go to our website and uh, check out what's going on there. And if you can, and if you can afford it, um, become a patron. And we'll be sending you a newsletter and all sorts of good stuff uh, from America's Web Radio. If you become a Patron, help us, and then we'll be helping you as well. So, with that being said, we're going to do an ID and come right back to Jeff.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, welcome back. This is the Surveyor's Hour on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Lucas. All right, so we're going to. we will uh, discuss some of the problems we're we're discussing some of the problems with the current practice model of of land surveying practice what I mean by that is um, the sort of standard procedures um, that are in in effect and have been in effect for the last uh, 50 to 60 years Um, and we'll discuss more about that uh, when we get to the uh, the flip side of this coin, the, the first side we're looking at is uh, kind of the, the negative aspects of the current practice model. But uh, when we get to it either next week or the week after, we're going to talk about some uh, uh, some ways to solve the problem uh, and, and hopefully uh, preserve the practice of surveying as we know it into the future. So the first problem we're looking at is with the current practice model is – the survey is merely an expert measure, and again, if that's all we have, we've, we've got nothing moving forward. Who can't who can't be an expert measure these days with the technology that's out there and the availability of that technology, and the fact and the fact that surveying boards, surveying and engineering boards across the country can't regulate who measures what. Uh, except for one thing, uh, who is measuring people's property line, uh, property boundaries and making determinations as to where those property lines are located on the ground? That's the only issue. That's the only thing that um, separates the surveyor uh, from uh, everybody else in the geospatial community or, or the average citizen out there with <clears throat> with GPS equipment or a drone uh, or whatever. Okay, so. <clears throat> The, the object of the survey is to state the client's deed as precisely as possible. Um, this is, um, this precisely staking the client's deed is repugnant to the t- two fundamental principles of surveying. Um, the fundamental principles of, the two fundamental principles of surveying are the surveyor is either an original surveyor, laying out brand new lines for the very first time for a common grantor. you got to have a common grantor to be uh, an original surveyor. <clears throat> now, it could be everybody in the neighborhood wants to get together and reconstitute the property lines, and they all join together. That's, that's a common grantor. A common grantor can be a single person. It could be a corporation. It could be a group of people who want to subject their land to uh, a new a new division a new, and then you get your surveyor to come out and uh, precisely as possible this is deed staking okay Preci- uh, th- this isn't the deed staking the bad deed staking this is the, the job the function of the original surveyor the, the, the focus of an original survey is to as precisely as possible put the geometry of the subdivision plan on the ground or maybe they're meets and bounds descriptions, but that the object is to, as precisely as possible, put the geometry on the ground. It is uh, a measurement task. The other fundamental principle of surveying is you're not doing a measurement task. It's called retracement surveying. The object of a retracement survey is to find where the boundary lines have become established on the ground, and that gets into a whole multitude of uh, of other issues. The uh, but to just so we can keep, which we'll get into either next week or the week after. But to keep moving forward, let me just put it this way: uh, an original survey is a measurement task. A retracement survey is an is an exercise in, in uh, evidence gathering and evaluation. It's a um, uh, it's an it's a evidentiary exercise. That's what it's all about. You're more like Sherlock Holmes than an expert measure. The surveyor is supposed to be more like Sherlock Holmes than an expert measure. Measurements uh, are just a portion. A a. An aspect, and the generally the lowest aspect of evidence that is to be considered by the retracing surveyor, and that was the problem with Jackson versus Bowness case I've already discussed to a certain extent. The surveyor had no the surveyor who was not an original surveyor. Bowness is one owner to the north side of the line. Jackson was another owner two separate owners to the south of the line. Um, the surveyor, uh, the surveyor's obligation was to retrace, to find where the boundary line was between the estate of, of Bowness and the estate of Jackson. Instead, what the surveyor obviously did was took some geometry he had from the deeds, the, the title documents, and he ends up 11 inches uh, all the way, it cuts off the vast majority of Jackson's backyard and is within 11 inches of her back door. A place where, uh, a, a place where no monument had ever existed before, where no line had ever existed before. What, he, what he's trying to be is a quasi-original surveyor, but there is no principle of surveying that says you're going to be a quasi-original surveyor. You're, you're either an original surveyor working for a common grant. Now, if Bowness and Jackson had gotten together and said, okay, hey, <clears throat> let's just reconstitute uh, our properties here. Let's, we're going to do a re and here's where we're going to put the lines, and they're both in agreement. Fine. Uh, the surveyor can come in then, and uh, um, uh, w- once the you know, exterior boundaries have sort of been resolved, and they then subdivide the, those properties. However, the the parties want them subdivided, um, but that's not what happened. So um, that surveyor in that case uh, was was um, had um, what, what's the term I'm looking? At? He, he well misguided, uh, uh, aberrant, aberrant practice. He's uh, he was not practicing under any fundamental principle of surveying. Um, It it, it was all about measurements. It was all about measurements, and retracement surveying uh, measurement. In retracement surveying, measurements are the almost the lowest. If you you talk about area, that's a measurement. uh, That's a math computation the very lowest form of evidence. And what is the highest form of evidence in retracement surveying? Just what happened in that case. Just what happened in that case. The testimony of Mrs. Jackson, the testimony of previous owners of both farms, the testimony of Old Timer, who came in and nailed down the fence location as early as 1937, it was the testimony evidence in that case and then the physical evidence of where the, uh, the actual fence line was, th- that was the evidence that uh, in that case, the most important evidence in that case, and as I've said on many occasions, oral evidence uh, what the landowners think uh, about where the property lines are located is probably the number one, the biggest uh, and most ignored especially when these cases go to court, especially when we read about them because they went to court. What was ignored, generally speaking, what was ignored? What was ignored by the retracing surveyor is what the people think about the boundary line, what the people think about that fence, what the, where the people believe that the boundary line is located. And um, <clears throat> Ballas didn't know. He bought a lot in a subdivision lived behind lived behind mrs jackson for 20 years they never had even met each other and if, if you look at it on uh if you look at it on aerial photography it's easy to see why they would you know the, the odd the, the lots were kind of shaped such that uh, they would probably never see each other unless they were in the, their respective backyards at the same time so uh lived together next to uh, each other for 20 years and never even Never even had an occasion to want to meet each other until the surveyor came along and told Balness that he owned half or more, three-quarters of Mrs. Jackson's backyard. And then what does he want to do? He wants to build a fence. And he did build a fence. And that fence uh, within 11 inches of her back door was there for 680 days. 680 days. That's almost two years. That's that's the problem with this kind of litigation. Is it goes on and on and on and on. There is no quick settlement. She had to live with. She couldn't get out of her back door for 680 days. Uh, Fortunately, the trial court, the trial judge, awarded her uh, $100 a day in damages for 680 days. That uh, rang up to a total for Mr. Bowness to pay of sixty-eight thousand dollars in damages. That's good, good for Mrs. Jackson. Good for Mrs. Jackson. Bad for Mr. Bowness. Ba- what? How, how is? Ba- and, and on that, just on that point, who's really to blame there, Mr. Bowness? No, he just his surveyor came out and put the put the uh, the li- the lines on the ground, and then what does what does the landowner think surveyors do? And here's another problem with the current practice of surveying, uh, the old practice of surveying, is the surveyors, most the, the vast majority of them will deny this um, uh, um, to their dying day that they, they they have no had no responsibility in that uh, situation because of this problem right here. Our only job is to take the client's deed as precisely as possible. It doesn't matter if I'm jumping over the sixty-year-old fence and putting the the property line within eleven inches of Mrs. Balance's back door. That doesn't matter. That's not that's not my concern. That's a problem. That's a problem for um, the land surveying profession as a whole. All right, where are we here? Right, look, current practice model. Uh, the surveyor turns a blind, blind eye to property rights we just talked about that um, it's all about property rights that is what surveying is about rendering a well reasoned opinion on the only question open to the land surveyor the location question is nothing less an opinion on the limits of property ownership and the associated property rights that's exactly what happened in Jackson versus Bowness. The surveyor, um, who turned a blind eye to property rights and precisely staked out uh, ba- uh, the Bowness property lines, Bowness then thinks Bowness then thinks that um, his surveyor has determined the limits of his ownership. Why else would he go into Mrs. Jackson's backyard? <laughs> Uh, within 11 inches of her back door, and have uh, a fence company come out there and and put up a brand new chain link fence. By the way, cutting her uh, cutting her telephone lines, cutting her uh, uh, electric lines. Hopefully, nobody got injured doing that, and um, and and barring her from uh, going into uh, her own backyard, her attorney had to get permission for her to go over that fence so she could tend to her garden okay uh we're taking a break and we'll be back for the last segment here uh after these messages
1: Quick stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden steak. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. That's right. Go online to quicksteak.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order yours Our call 1-800-438-0387 and order yours today or order your samples if you've never tried them. And I think you'll find that you love them. They're so easy to ride on compared to a wooden stake and weigh a lot less, and they're a lot easier to see. You don't have to do the flagging business or anything else. Uh, they come in multiple colors, and you can choose whatever color you like. That's quick Stakes and uh, 1-800-438-0387. And want to give some people some information right quick. Very shortly, we will be a parlor player on our social media. That's right. We have joined the parlor, and you're going to be hearing and seeing some things that you wouldn't believe that uh, we couldn't get published or wouldn't get published on uh, on the other social media. So uh, we're glad to have you tuning into that, and uh, you'll be able to find out all about the tornado body dryer, which is, I use one every day. It's a great feeling in the shower and. Uh, You'll like it too, so uh, stay tuned. We are going to be on parlor, and looking forward to having you as uh, one of our followers, and we look forward to following you and your comments. So in Georgia, one last message, in Georgia, get out and vote. Unless you want to become a socialist, communist country, get out and vote for Kelly and David. Today starts early voting We need your vote. We need your support. We can't turn the government over to socialists. And that's what we're going to do if we don't reelect Kelly and David. So with that being said, you're listening to America's Web Radio. We appreciate you listening. And let's get back to the man in charge of surveying, Mr. Jeff Lucas.
0: Thanks, David. I appreciate it. Welcome back, folks. Okay, uh, we're going to wrap up these problems, and then we're going to look at solutions. Uh, uh, start looking at solutions next week. But uh, where we left, we left off with um, state the client's deed as precisely as possible, and uh, we talked about the consequences of that. Uh, oh, turn them blind! Excuse me, turn them blind out of property rights. That's what happens when. Uh, that's what happens with the current practice model. When the uh, the the idea is, uh, I as the surveyor am uh, required to go out and, as precisely as possible, put the geometry from the client's deed. Um, put the geometry from the client's deed on the ground, uh, and that is just uh, <clears throat> that is tech that is technician work right there, um, and um. That, that's that's technician work. That's not professional services. Uh, that is precise measurements uh, in the face of um, conflicting evidence. That's not retracement surveying. That's not retracement surveying. But the problem, the problem with this is uh, the the reason that it's allowed. Uh, th- there's a reason why that's allowed to happen, and that's because. Um, the the rules of surveying and the definition of surveying and the statutes and the administrative codes does not spell out what a retracement survey is. We've talked about this before. I was on my little rant about the definition of surveying and the NCEES, the National Council of Examiners for Engineers and Surveyors, uh, their promulgated uh, and suggested definitions of surveying actually provide cover for this kind of practice, provide cover for what Bound, uh, the balance surveyor did uh, not doing a retracement uh, which is one of the fundamental principles of surveying retracing where the property lines have become established on the ground there's only one question where that's the surveyor's question the other question in a boundary case is what ba- the, the what in that in that uh, case was a balance owns lot 70 that's what he owns and he's got a deed, uh, obviously, for that lot and that subdivision. Uh, but then the question for the surveyor, the only question for the surveyor is, given what, then where? Where is that property line uh, located on the ground? And because of the definitions that um, <clears throat> that have been promulgated by the NCEES and adopted by many of the state boards out there, um, that, that kind of practice... Um, that kind of practice is almost sanctioned because that definition—the definition of surveying—is uh, surveyors uh, uh, locate, relocate, um, establish, reestablish and retrace boundaries. Let me read. Let me. I, I'm going by. I'm not reading this. I'm going by uh, by what I know. I'm going by memory. Surveying is surveying property boundaries. Is locating, relocating, establishing, re-establishing, and retracing boundaries. Uh, you know, I spent a, an, an entire episode of this of this show going over that. But just real quickly, what does locate mean? Well, locate could mean retracing. Lou, I'm going to locate where the boundaries are, 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 have become established on the ground. What does relocate mean? That means move. That's exactly what Boundless Surveyor did. He moved the, he relocated the property lines to within eleven inches of Mrs. Jackson's back door. So, what did he violate? Where's the violation? Besides the fact that Mrs. Jackson's property lines were were, were violated, but what did the surveyor do wrong? And then, really, what did us? Do wrong? His surveyor told him that the property line was eleven inches outside Mrs. Jackson's back door, and he built the fence to that line. Only problem for Ballanus is it cost him sixty-eight thousand dollars in damages. What about the surveyor? So listen, okay. So let's have Ballanus turn around and sue the surveyor. What did what did the surveyor what? tell me what let's just assume this was a Tennessee case and I think the definition of serving is pretty much what the NCEES uh, NCEES definition is he just did what the definition told him to do he relocated the he relocated the boundary line between Bowness and Jackson perfectly legitimate under the definition promulgated by the NCEES the National Council of Examiners for Engineers and Surveyors. It costs his client sixty eight thousand it, dollars. It, it's a violation of the fundamental principles of surveying. But the problem is, the fundamental principles of surveying—what an original surveyor is and what a retracement surveyor is—is not—is <laughs> it defined? Can you believe that? Uh, You you people out there who are not surveyors, can you believe that good practice is not defined under the statutes and administrative code for land surveying? No other profession is like this. It's not good practice for a doctor to amputate the wrong leg that is considered bad practice and what will happen the board will come after the medical board will come after that doctor and the doctor will be sued because there's insurance money uh, to sue the doctor the doctor has a uh, medical malpractice insurance amputated the wrong leg the balance surveyor amputated the wrong, uh, the equivalent of survey amputation amputated the wrong leg and there's no consequences because there's no violation, there's no practice violation. In other words, it's okay in the land surveying profession. It's okay to amputate the wrong leg, as long as you do it with precision. It's, and, and this has to stop for the land surveyors out there. You, you've got to wake up. This has to stop. This can. We will as a profession will be toast in the next 10 years if we don't stop this nonsense. If we don't stop. If all we can do is precisely put the geometry from the deed on the ground or precisely break down a section on the ground, then what are we doing in dirt space that can't be done in... Paper space for paper for pennies on the dollar. Nothing. And so then the question becomes: Well, why do we need surveyors? All right, we ignore oral evidence. Um, that is the most important evidence in, in any boundary dispute case. You read any boundary dispute case where you got two landowners who come into court. Who's the first person on the stand? The plaintiff landowner and when the defendant the defendant puts on their case who's the first person on the stand the defendant landowner they are the most and and, in, and others with relevant knowledge others with relevant knowledge of uh, of the, the boundary lines in question those that is the most important evidence we have our we have our what we call our superiority of calls, uh... Artificial monuments, artificial monuments, uh, uh, no, natural monuments, artificial monuments, sometimes calls for joiners, bearings, distances, uh, and and acreage. But what's missing out of that uh, priority of calls, mainly because it's generally not a call and a description, but even more important than all of that evidence, than monuments, more important than natural monuments, more important than artificial monuments, more important than a call for an adjoiner, more important than the bearings, the distances, and the acreage, the most important aspect of the evidence that should be considered by the retracing surveyor is the landowners. What do they know about the boundaries? And fences, fences cannot be ignored. Sometimes offense is just a offense. Sometimes it's a lot more. Uh, we're going to get to one final one, problems, and that is surveyors seemingly can only find problems they can't solve them, can only find problems they can't solve them, and that's a problem moving forward. Uh, we we need we need to uh, have training and alternative dispute resolution. We need to be able to bring some solutions to the table, other than just to tell people, uh, ah, you got a problem here, um, Mrs. Uh, Jackson. The uh, the property line isn't where you think it is. It's 11 inches outside your back door. I've uh, got nothing for you. Go see your attorney." Okay, folks. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna come back to this subject uh, next week. And we're going to wrap things up. Well, we might not wrap things up next week, but we're going to. We're looking for a new direction for 2021, and praying that everybody is safe and well. You're listening to
1: America's Web
0: Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.